This is the Going the Distance Podcast. Dude, I'm telling you, when I'm driving a fucking Porsche and living on a yacht, you're gonna be like, oh, I wish I got him in the top guy. You had two picks on two defensive possessions in a row, and you don't win the field position battle? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is a fun show. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Going the Distance podcast. My name is Ryan Bennell, and alongside me is Elijah Spann. Make sure you guys check out our website over at www.gtdsports.com, where you can find all of our podcast episodes along with new blogs posted. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube. We post some clips on there, too. And if you want to keep up with all of our gambling picks, you can follow us over on the Action Network app. You can search us by our full name there, and that you can keep up with how we're doing on a day-to-day basis. But as I said last week, Elijah and I are still kind of on a retiring hiatus, taking a small break from that. Big retired right now still. Yeah. Things went bad, and then we we made the smart decision. We were responsible. I've had so much more money in my bank account since then, too. Oh, it feels good. Yeah, but it's not fun. (laughs) It feels good not to get that. It feels good not to get that Vimo request on Monday morning. Like, yeah, Fuck. every fucking Monday, dude. Yeah, it's bad. But it feels good whenever you know, you're know you requesting the bookie, but that's just part of the game. Last bad. but not least, make sure you guys subscribe to the GTD Sports newsletter. You can find that at the bottom of our website for email notifications on every podcast episode. All right, well, that's that's all the plugs. Elijah, how are we doing this week? Doing pretty good. Had a, had a, I went out both nights this weekend and then watched a lot of, so I just made sure I could watch the masters hungover. You on know, Sunday. So, yeah. On, on Saturday and Sunday, you know, I wanted, I wanted all the hungover golf. Um, but unfortunately, I don't know. ESPN does that weird thing. Cause I, I don't have, you need a paramount plus to watch like the Jim Nance broadcast. Which is I yeah. To do. That everybody wants to watch Jim Nance. Like, yeah, I want to watch, I want Jim Nance to talk to me. Cause he is the masters. He's been doing it for like, I don't know, 30 something years now. And so, I don't yeah, watch I mean, his iconic lines, you know, yeah. like what is it? Um, a tradition like no other. He started that, like he no coined other. that, yeah. And then, like, of course, his iconic intro hello, friends, and welcome. Like, yeah, just, just love a, hearing it. Yeah, it's iconic, but I had to settle for ESPN. ESPN's coverage, it was only like group play, I could only get like, like two separate groups at a time. Yeah, that's so. why I texted you because I this was really my first time like watching all of the masters, like as much as I could. And I was super confused at how the broadcasting works because I was yeah. like 90% of what I watched wasn't even like golf. It was just them talking about golf while it was happening. And I'm like, well, I want to see it. Yeah. You know? I don't know. They had a lot of stuff going on. I just need to get – I want to get Sling really bad. Have you, do you know what Sling is? Sling TV? Yeah. I want to get that because I, I love watching live TV, but nobody else in my house, none of my roommates watch live TV. So I'd just be paying for it by myself. But I think I'm going to get it when I get a real job. I've thought about that too because Sling has a lot of uh, like soccer deals and stuff, or like yeah. that's not offered on most cable networks. Because I try to watch even Champions League, bro. Like Champions League, the premier spectacle in global soccer, other than like national World Cup and shit. It's not even on YouTube TV. Like, what the fuck is that? Oh, really? Yeah. Like I've had to like find a stream somewhere online. Yeah, but- I usually just find streams for that if I watch it. Or ESPN Plus is a lot of uh, soccer now these days. ESPN Plus is really good for soccer. ESPN yeah, is, that's one of the reasons why I got it back because ESPN Plus just has so much stuff. Yeah, it's really good. Like all the the league cups and stuff like that, like FA Cup, uh, 
Carabao Cup, all that stuff is always on ESPN Plus. Yeah, they have a lot of Italian soccer and a lot of e- a lot of a lot of EPL. So yeah, I like that they did that too because like I know ESPN Plus also has deals with like like the Big Twelve, for example. Like a lot of Big Twelve content is on like soccer and basketball. Like every game oh, is yeah. put on ESPN Plus. Yeah, ESPN also bought the Longhorn Network too. So the Longhorn Network's on the Big Twelve or on yeah. ESPN Plus and all that, which is smart because like every Longhorn person loves the Longhorn Network. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of annoying though. Yeah, but the worst part about it is too is like it's completely warranted because it makes money. Yeah, because it's it's been around for forever, like what a decade now at least. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, so like just, but I mean, and also if there was one school to have their own like network dedicated to them, it's it's probably gonna be UT. Yeah, I mean, I could see A and M doing something like that too, but. Yeah, UT, yeah. I mean, they have the biggest, like, I mean, they're a the state university. So, I mean, yeah, they're going to have most of the shit. <clears throat> too bad their athletics department has just gone to the shitter in the last few years. Yeah, too bad. But, um, so, spe- speaking of that, like, I have a question for you. And it's, All right, let's hear it. This would you rather here. Listen to this. All right. All right. So, I've been thinking about this for a long time. Is would you rather your sports team win one championship and be ass for the rest of your life? Or always have a good, relevant team that chokes at some point in the playoffs. So you're talking only one championship for my you get, lifetime. You get one. You get one ship, and then they're like the Jets for the rest of your life. Or, or they're always good, and they're always a fun team to watch, but they're never gonna win it. Not never in your life. No. I think I got to go with the ship. Have that, yeah. have that year of glory, and then you know you're a true fan after that. If you're staying with them through the dog shit years, you're a true yeah. fan. But I couldn't imagine choking every single playoff like that'd be torture. Yeah, I mean, I probably have to go with championship too because like one and it's over. Kind of like what the Eagles are going through right now, how they won that one, in <laughs> and then they're dog shit since then. And now that yeah, they've been a pretty irrelevant since then. And like some Eagles fans are mad. I'm like, dude. I would give anything for five years of just pure despair for one Cowboys championship. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. But like, well, I, mean, I don't know. Like, at least think they about have it, some in their history. Think about it from the reverse perspective too. Like, so you, I'm telling you this now, but what if you're like on your deathbed and you're thinking back to all like the fun teams that you watch, would you rather that one championship or would you still take the, the always good team? Just never figured it out to win it all. But they I were always I- good. And they always had good players. I think if they're bad, if they're always bad, though, it leaves room for, like, low expectations, high reward. You know what I mean? Like, they're ass. They're never going to win. But what if they pull off a huge upset? It's like, oh, it's so cool. I don't, like, I don't, I, I see what you're saying, too. But, like, that's that's tough. I think yeah. the championship is just, it outweighs everything. Because yeah. the Cowboys at least have, like, you brought up the Cowboys. They have one in their past, at least. But, uh, like, the Bengals, shit, we, we never have one, bro. Yeah. <laughs> the last playoff win the cincinnati Bengals had was before the first text message was sent like yeah that's how bad it's been so now i would I give an arm and a leg for a super bowl ring right now i always i always go back fall back on that as being a cowboys fan like oh you mean the five times super bowl winning cowboys dallas cowboys and they're like shut up like real life for any of those i'm like no so does it matter doesn't matter so yeah i yeah i kind of get that that's what you're saying all right well here now, I got a question for you. Then, since we're on the "would you rather" topic, would you rather 
take a clean punch, like full power, straight to the jaw, Mike Tyson in his prime, or no pads, no protection, Ray Lewis running at you full speed in his prime to tackle you. Which one are you taking? So you got to break this down from a fundamental standpoint. <laughs> okay. Um, what do you mean <laughs> fundamental? So Ray Lewis running at you full speed. He probably ran like a, what, a four, five, four, six. Something Dude, good. I would say in along that lines, maybe a four, seven. It was the, it was in the 2000s. So guys weren't as fast. They were more and bigger. But I mean, still, was, think about the speed still about, with the mass. Like, so he's still about 250, 270 in that range. And he's coming at you with like, I don't know how many hundred pounds of pressure. Or a punch in the jaw from Mike Tyson. I think I'd rather take a punch in the jaw from Mike Tyson because I feel like that'd give me more clout. Okay, in that case, yeah. But like, what if you don't fucking live through it? I'll live. <laughs> I'll, live. I'll live. No, I'll bro. Live. I would fucking die if Mike Tyson punched me, bro. I mean, like, you saw one, one to the jaw. You saw the hangover. Uh, was it Stu or Allen got punched by Mike Tyson? I, he lived. Stu, yeah, yeah. So okay, well, yeah, that's also a movie. So past I don't prime. Know. I don't know. I mean, okay, actually, I, I have I feel to like, reframe I feel it. Like, maybe death is not involved because like okay. that would kind of outweigh the question. I feel like you have more opportunity to break a lot of bones. Like, if Ray Lewis is tackling me, I'm breaking my collarbone. Yeah, that's true. And you may shatter a few ribs. Like I'm breaking, yeah, I'm breaking my collarbone. I might puncture a lung if, you know, if my jaw, has, and that's like worst case Ontario for Mike Tyson is my jaws just wired shut for a couple of weeks, which <laughs> would suck. And, but it would suck. But then people would be like, why is your jaw wired shut? I'd be like, because Mike Tyson punched me in the face. And people would be like, oh, that's badass. Like, oh, shit, dude. Yeah. Like, and you're alive? Like, yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know. What do you? What would you rather do? I mean, like. I think thinking of, now that you said it like that, I think I'd probably. Because, like, I'm thinking about, like, the brute impact, like, right when Lewis hits you. I, I feel like, I don't know. But you may be able to, like, brace for it, you know? You may be able to, like, tense up and then take it. I don't know. I, I've like. I feel like I could hype myself to take a punch, you know, and then like That's, it's over. But like, yet there's so many sleep. points of contact on the tackle. Like you're getting hit as soon as you think, and then he's probably gonna land on top of you, and so you have to take that into account. So there's so many things that go in, and Mike Tyson is just one swift. Yeah, that's true. I think I'm going with Mike Tyson too. As as stupid as that sounds to say, like I'm gonna go with Mike Tyson punching me. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's why you got to break it down. Yeah, that's tough. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and get into some big news that actually just broke a few hours before we started recording. Uh, The NCAA is making some changes in their transfer rules. They're going to allow transfer players to play collegiate football and basketball without requiring them to sit out a full year of competition. This is huge, like really big for the whole shape and culture of college football right now especially in football because there's been a lot of terrible cases where the ncaa denies people transferring and stuff like that so i'm really happy about this the rule is bullshit what do you think elijah yeah i think it's good i think it's time for all those guys that uh cry and piss and moan about how you know college players need to stay with their team like you signed a commitment like no that's kind of dumb because how many times have you seen a coach use a school as a stepping stone school so we can get to the next place all the time like i mean 
Lane Kiffin, for an example, like he, of course, like we all knew when he went to FAU that he was going to go to, you know, somewhere big after, you know, a couple of years, even though he signed like a 10 year deal or whatever it was like. Yeah, there's no way he's retiring at FAU. So, yeah. So coaches don't really show the same loyalty that they expect from their players. And like another thing, too, like, um, like kids want playing time for a lot of these guys, you know, not only 256 picks happen in the NFL draft every year and only like 200. I mean, I'd say 150 to 200 of those get, you know, make the actual teams. Like not everybody makes the NFL team. It's these guys last shot to play college. They're not playing and they want one last chance to play football. The dream that they, the, the game that they grew up playing, then like let them play, like let them transfer and get some playing time. Like I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I, I think that I don't think the NCAA really has the right to step in and be like, oh, well, you can't do this. Like, what is it really hurting? That's what I don't get. Like, yeah. I guess that it's like a headache, you know, all the paperwork, like transferring and everything. Like, sure, that may be annoying, but like, let the boys play if they want to play like that. Yeah. The one thing that like the one downside I am going to see is that co- college football players are going to be pampered even more. Than they already That's are. True. That's They're going to come so much more entitled, and, and as soon as the one thing goes wrong, they are going to transfer. Probably, it's going to happen in a lot of cases. But I'd still take that over guys who aren't getting playing time and want playing time. You know, yeah, we well, would like, never I, get it. You know, like how would you, as like an athlete, how would you feel if you know you're being recruited by big schools? Because it happens all the time. Like all the time, you're being recruited. and they never play. Yeah, like Alabama, Ohio State, something, something like, hey, if you come play for us, like we have the best coaches, best facilities, like we're gonna get you on the field, like you're gonna you're gonna be improving, and then they get there in their third string practice squad yeah. for their whole career. So it's like, yeah, no, like, yeah, could, why would they do that? I'm wondering how many guys, like, you know, this will help out that have been at Alabama, you know, or um, Florida or wherever, you know, that there's that five star recruits are just coming in all the time where they're they're in there for the first two years they're grinding for that starting spot and by the time their junior year rolls around they get a stud true freshman five-star recruit coming in that's going to start right away like yeah that happens all the time it happens like all a lot the of time so like, too, yeah yeah so like who says that we have to make those guys wait a year i don't think so i think this is a good thing yeah there were that i got i remember a couple really really bad cases like where it just made no sense that they were like nah you can't transfer you can't play well, like, the, you know, they allow them to transfer, but they still have to sit out. So it's like um, one of them was a Coastal Carolina offensive lineman tried to transfer to Virginia Tech because of his mom was literally like fatally ill. Like she was dying and he wanted to be with her and they denied it because the school was technically 100 miles farther than the hospital. Like that's stupid. And then another one, a Michigan O-line transfer. He went to Cincinnati for mental health reasons is what he said. And the NCAA denied it because he didn't mention his mental health problems while he played for Michigan. So, like, it's just well, that's just, that's just typical NCAA crap. They're true. such, such yeah. I hate shit. the NCAA, bro. But I mean, I love yeah. their sports, I love their events, but I hate the way they're run because that those are just terrible. I don't, I don't understand that. So yeah, hopefully, makes... now the rule will actually allow people to do whatever they want. Yeah. So hopefully, this will just be a. Maybe this is like a first step in the right direction uh, for the NCAA to become a competent organization. Yeah, like actually listen to what the, yeah, the players to what the people, and people want. want. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely. been happening. Didn't they let – I mean, players can now make money off their likeness now, right? It's tricky because uh, California started it, but it's not like 
federal. So okay, yeah, it depends on so where it's you on are. The way. So we're yeah. making steps. We're making yeah, steps. Steps, steps in the right direction. I mean, shit, EA Sports announced another college football game's coming back. So I'm still excited. Dude, I know. I'm stoked. I'm yeah. so excited. That definitely making steps in the right direction, bro. Dude, but speaking about video oh, yeah. games, I this Masters tournament inspired me because it was on like mega sale. But I bought PGA 2K21. You did? Dude, it's so fun, bro. It's, it's so, fun. so fun. It's so hard. What, what difficulty are you on? I'm on beginner. Or you're no, on beginner? No, no. I use Pro- like the control system beginner, but then I think for like CPU difficulty, I did normal everything, like just the okay. normal. You gotta, once you, because when I started, I think I used, because there's beginner, amateur, and then pro. And then there's like two ones harder than pro, but online's pro only. So I don't bother like doing anything else up for pro. And as soon as I switched from amateur to pro, dude, that game gave me headaches. It's so hard. Dude, like, there's so many aspects. Like, and I, I'm still like, I've only played like one round fully. Like I just got it. So yeah, I don't, I'm still figuring out some of the mechanics and like how to remember everything I can do. Cause there's like so many options before you even take a swing. No, dude, it's so cool because when you get to the pro level, like if you hit in the rough, it affects like how how far you can hit the ball, like where you the lie affects like the trajectory of the ball. You can put like backspin on it, and there's so much stuff like the wind affects it a lot. There's so much that goes into it. It's crazy. God, dude. It makes but, me sometimes it makes me more mad than actual golf. I that's how, could see that's that. how realistic it is. I could see that. I would. I but I bet it would feel amazing though to hit like a hole in one from like 300 yards away because that's I what I was hit, trying to do. No, you can't do that. It's well, impossible. There's a couple of short par four, fours courses that. Well, yeah, that's that's short what I mean, par the fours in the game. Um, but like, I don't know. I haven't I haven't hit a hole in one yet. I've been close. I have a friend that hits one has hit one hole in one. But then like, one one thing that me and my buddy like to do is we'll do two v two match play too, and that's so much fun. So you can play like online against other people. I've only done that yeah. in career mode. So yeah, there's online. It's pretty fun. That sounds fun. Shit, is a cross people, platform. No, damn. I know, right? Can't play with you. Yeah, fucking Xbox nerd. Uh, I don't know what to tell you, but no. But anyway, the Masters. So I think Matsuyama being the first Japanese and Asian-born player to win a green jacket is really fucking cool. I yeah, I, I was I was happy for him. Very like happy. I thought like when I was hearing that like I think on Friday or Saturday before he took off, I was watching it and they were talking about how just that same week or like earlier in the year or something like that um it's amateur a female amateur tournament japanese golfer won at the master's course and he was saying yeah and he was saying like and they talked to him about it and he was like yeah like it was a really great honor like hopefully i can keep that going for japan and like and another thing too that is really crazy is that so apparently the japanese press is like batshit insane and they treat this guy like one of the biggest celebrities because um, I've heard that too. Yeah. He's yeah. Like an icon. He's like an icon. Cause he's the biggest, <laughs> he's the best Japanese golfer. Um, and so like the whole country follows him because Japan has apparently has like a, a tricky relationship or like some kind of relationship with golf that has to do with post-World War II and the Americans bringing it in. So it's pop, it's popular in Japan. Yeah. So there's a lot of history in there. I want to do, I wanted to do more, but I, I didn't have time today to deep it, get deep dive into japan and golf history which would be really cool because i'd love japanese culture um, it is it is unique yeah I've, I've taken a class on it too so it's like oh, that's I'm, cool i'm big on it so like but him being like you know 
he's been chased around by paparazzi. Like he even kept his marriage secret for tried to keep his marriage secret for a while. And when they had their first child, they tried to keep that from the press for like a long time, just cause he wants privacy and they're so invading of his privacy. So like, and he's had it like, they even like they're relentless too. Like when he gained some weight, like all the Japanese press is like calling him fat and like a loser and stuff. And like, God damn, no dude, they're ruthless. And so I don't know for him to get this and for like all of Japan to, you know, this is like, this is like when tech, when Mahomes won, uh, the with the chiefs and tech was freaking out about it it's pretty much like the same thing for japan like they are taking this as like this is their win which is oh, really dude cool. i mean it, it kind of is like it no really it is. is yeah 100 and i hope it i hope it continues i hope it grows the game more i hope we see more asian-born golfers and it becomes more of a global game well matsuyama's i mean he's been top 20 consistently like his name is always up there with some of the best like i yeah. mean day three he was a tank bro yeah, he shot minus seven on day three, which I mean, I'll, I guess is tied for the best because like Justin Rose also shot minus seven day one, but still, what are you gonna say, dude? Well, the only thing about Matsuyama though is his hats are so ugly. I don't really pay attention. I don't know why. I'm always, I always try to bring some swag to the golf course when I go. Like I try to get some good golf fits going on, and so I always pay attention to what golfers on the on the PGA are wearing. And man, his Sarixen hat was just atrocious. Dude, I feel like I'm going to look like, if we go golfing, I'm just going to look like such a goober, bro. I have, like, no fits. I have, like, golf polos. I have two of them. Yeah, that's all you got to wear. Just wear a polo, a decent hat. But, yeah. Fair enough. Um, that threw me off. But another, um, another thing about Matsuyama was when he won, it was really cool to see um, after he walked off the green, his caddy went back, and before he placed the flag back in the hole, he, like, bowed to the to the hole and it was, it was pretty cool to see oh yeah that was dope yeah that was dope just another reason why and like man he almost blew it too which was crazy i'm glad he didn't uh dude xander bro it. yeah xander choked oh um, i had money on xander to win it i also i i uh what's called i hedged it because i had money on xander top 10 so i still was in the positive but if xander had pulled off that comeback I would have made like 250 bucks and that would have been sick. So yeah, that'd have been nice. It but, was uh, painful. Cause Oh wait, go ahead. I was just going to say like, I, I did really enjoy seeing Matsuyama win and be the first Japanese guy to win uh, a major. That's why I wasn't too upset too. Cause like, it was cool to see, like I was happy for yeah. him. Like usually those things like don't really phase me. Like when they say like, Oh, he's the first person to do that, do that. I'm like, well, most of the barriers have already been broken. So they've been like a lot of fake barriers have been broken in sports. Yeah, just make like, it up where I'm like very okay. specific. Like, yeah, like he's the first person to do this while doing this while having this in his record or something. While like also that. being born on April 14th. Yeah, like, like exactly. You know? They they so, stretch so hard. So to see a real true barrier actually being broken sports, like it it made me happy. Like, yeah, it was genuinely. It was cool to see. Well, yeah, back to Xander choking that. So his his uh, I forgot which hole it was. I think it was 15 um xander was down by three strokes i think and matsuyama hit it into the water so xander had perfect opportunity to come back and he finished that hole strong but then the next hole fucking xander hits it in the water and then ends up getting his first triple bogey in pro like in any pro tour in his career so 
that's disappointing, yeah. but that's that's how we went out. That's yeah. the Masters, dude. Hole sixteen. Yeah, hole sixteen definitely. would do that to you. Um, the green was so steep, like goddamn, dude. Just watching that golf course and how it operated, how I would see so many guys hit it onto the green, and it would just it would just fly off. And yeah, it would be the, at green the, top of the green was weird. Like it was hard well, to predict. It was really firm and fast. That's why it's you know that's what you want from the Masters. And also too, one of the things that I really liked is nobody could make putts, dude nobody was sinking putts like there, there wasn't like i don't think i don't s- remember seeing any clip where it was like an insane putt from distance or something like usually I mean, there's at least one there's there's a f- few like good putts but like every putt where you're like okay this is probably a two putt but he could make it as a birdie every time it was a birdie it was always a two putt or a three putt and like that was making me that was that that was awesome because like last weekend if you watch the valero tournament they were all making those putts so it's just Masters is just a different beast, man. It made it more competitive too. Yeah, it was a competitive tournament for sure. Like, you know, Will Zalatoris, he got second. Um, Dude, he, bro, that kid is good. I didn't really know much about him. He's before 24. He's yeah. 24, and he's not even a, an official member of the PGA Tour right now. He doesn't have his official pro court card. So how did he Because he's a rook- for Masters? Did he win he, the amateur? No, he, I think... He was on like a a different tour of like the minor league tour, and then he was able to qualify for some uh, actual PGA tournaments, and then he did well enough in those to qualify for the Masters. But like when you look at all the FedEx Cup playoff points that all the guys got, and like the first like top ten positions or whatever, it goes null right on Zaltor's name. So he doesn't even have. He needs to win an actual PGA tournament to become a pro or if he doesn't win a tournament this season then he'll just become a pro next season oh okay well that yeah makes sense yeah, yeah. that's kind of weird but dude that's he's he was really good i was i was watching him and he was fun to watch like also did you see um after the tournament i, I was on twitter and adam sandler tweeted at him it was like a picture side by side he looks just like the caddy from happy gilmore and it was like congratulations on like a great performance and then Will Zalatoris responded, like, of course, let me know if you need me to caddy again. Anything for you, Mr. Gilmore. That was he, so funny, dude. He was on a, the Pat McAfee show today, and he was talking about how he's been getting called that for a while. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you see his golf, his wedge? No, I didn't. It said, it said Mr. Gilmore, I'm your caddy. And it was said that on his wedge. That's funny, bro. I'm serious. Yeah. You can look it up. What and was then, the caddy's like, name? Did he have a name? I don't remember. I, don't I just remember, remember him getting yeah. bullied in the movie by yeah. Happy. <laughs> but no, I think I think hopefully um, he's the future, like him and Morikawa. And um, God, what's his name? The kid from Norway, Holvik, Horvik. I'm not sure, but I, I know Morikawa is really good too. And Zalatoris um, is definitely – I mean, it's kind of weird though that he hasn't been a pro yet or like he isn't a pro yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if he won – a turn like one of these next tournaments like by the way he played over the weekend i mean he was pretty consistent too like it wasn't just like he popped off on one day i think he went from like minus two to minus six to minus like eight and then he finished like minus seven then minus nine i don't know but he was consistent yeah he was really good for him to finish minus nine in second place one stroke behind the winner his first time at the masters is pretty bonkers nothing short of legendary honestly yeah so he'll get, he'll probably be, hopefully he's a guy that gets a green jack in the future. I mean, shit, I hope so. That would be 
pretty upsetting though to get like second at your first time ever and then never never make it back. Yeah, I I watched a good bit of him on Pat on Pat McAfee today, and he's he's a he's a cool guy. Oh, Zalatoris, yeah. He, yeah. I watched like his interviews after uh, the tournament too, and he seemed pretty chill, like a normal dude, you know. Honestly, though, like most golfers are. Most golfers are pretty cool. Like they all, you know, like a lot of them will talk about how, like, when they're done with their round, like they'll go to the clubhouse and kick back a couple beers, like no problem. So, like, yeah. they're like golf's a cool sport to get into, just because a lot of the pros are just like cool guys, like like Brooks. Brooks oh, is like, yeah, Brooks is fun. Brooks is a, he's an asshole, but he's like one of those assholes that everyone likes because yeah, he's I've an seen asshole. A lot of stuff so like, on Twitter about Brooks and stuff. Yeah, so like he's like one of those guys, for example. Yeah, well, Brooks know. missed the cut though. I mean, he was on a bum knee. That's that's the only one that I can that's like excusable. But then Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy missed the cut too. So it was like. Shit, especially Dustin Johnson, he's the defending champion. Yeah, I don't know what happened with DJ. Um, Rory yeah. at this point, he's uh, washed a lot. Of, I wouldn't say he's washed, but he hasn't he done good a, in a long time. He needs a reset, is what people are saying. Because I mean, he's still. What would that include, though? I don't know. He probably just needs to figure out his swing because he used to have what a lot of people call the most beautiful swing in all of golf. Um, really? Yeah, and so. I don't know. We I, he just needs to. He's got something going on, and he tried to do the the Shambo thing. Who also Shambo didn't do it again. Hilarious. Um, but uh, he tried to he tried to bulk, and he said, "I want to do what Bryson is doing." And I think he just got too focused on that, trying to add length off the driver. I I don't know. He's he's a head case right now. But I mean, I think I think he can get it back because I mean, there was a time where he's the number one golfer in, in the sport. Yeah, well, I mean, it looks like Speed got it back too this time. Like Speed looks like he's he's golfing well. Like, yeah, yeah, I know you're happy about that. Yeah, not um. So one of my friends actually went to high school and grew up with Speed. They went to the same high school in Dallas, Dallas Jesuit. Oh, that's cool. I think. Oh, Jesuit. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. close. And um, he said uh, he said Speed used to be an asshole. He said that um, because him Speed and his uh, this kid's older brother were in the same uh class. And uh, Spieth invited his brother to a birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. And when he got to Chuck E. Cheese, no one was there. Oh, bro. Yeah. Spieth That's did sad. that. That's sad. So, um, but apparently, like, I talked to him. And he's like, yeah, apparently he's, like, a lot better and a lot more chill. So I like him now. <laughs> so That's pretty funny. There's that. <laughs> that's interesting. It's a little inside scoop for you. Yeah, that's what the small world, though. Like, just yeah, right? Dallas. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how many other because I know a lot of pro golfers are from Texas, so I wonder yeah. how many are from the DFW area. Well, that same guy, I mean, he said he played. Uh, he was second string to Emmett Smith's son as a running back. The Dallas Jesuits. So, like, I don't know. Just go to the rich schools in the in the Metroplex, then. Yeah, because Jesuits any- private, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought. I guess anything that's Jesuit is probably going to be private. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Those are nice schools. But um. Dude, so what's going on in the MLB right now? Dude, there's talk, a lot going on in the MLB right now. Can we talk about like how ass the umps are? Um, or lack wh- of umps why? soon. Shit, who knows? Oh, do you think they'll go on strike? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. Probably not. Not like on strike. But Let me crack a beer for this one. I'm going to try to do it like this. I saw it on TikTok where you rip the entire top off. No way. 
I will be impressed if you can do this. Okay, I can't do it. <laughs> Damn it. I saw it. What but, kind of beer is it? Um, Wild Acre. Uh, I've never definitely. heard of that brand. It's a, it's a Fort Worth beer. Oh, okay. You know, local brewery. Yeah, Texas Blonde. Yeah, but anyway, so umpires, I mean, there's always been some controversy. I mean, with any sport, there's controversy in the officiating, of course, because, I mean, no human is perfect. They're not going to make the perfect call every time. But this shit has really come to light and really been in the public eye with Angel Hernandez, you know, his big situation. Racial discrimination case against the MLB got dismissed. And there's been a lot of popular clips of his terrible calls, like really bad. Oh, he's so, been bad. He's been famously bad for a while now. Yeah, that's true. But it's like, it's all coming back right now just because the case got dismissed recently. But yeah, I don't, what, what is your take on the umpires? Because you told me earlier, like about the robots, like the potential yeah, robots. So I guess there's been some buzz for, I don't know, the past two years about maybe replacing the home plate umpire with a robot to, uh, to count strikes and balls. Um, and I wonder how much more steam this is going to get if this crappy officiating continues. Cause like, and I know that um, they're humans and there's a human element and humans make mistakes, but at the same time, it's also kind of like these guys are paid 450 grand a year to count strikes and balls. They, I think they should be able to do that. It's yeah. You know? It's literally their job. That's and all they do all day. They train and for it. And it's one thing, you know, a part of the game of baseball is throwing to a certain umpire strike zones because a lot of different umpires have different strike zones. But if you're and the one ask, if you do have, you know, a different kind of strike zone is that you're consistent with it. And a lot of what I've seen some of a lot this year is that they're very inconsistent with their strike zone. And that's the worst thing for a pitcher. Yeah. And I a batter, imagine. too, is that an inconsistent strike zone. Well, what is how is the strike zone affected by like the batter's stance? Is is it affected at all? Because like, what if a batter um, likes to be away from the plate more than they are? No, or, like the, squatting down too. Yeah, squatting down. It can only go up and down. The width is always home plate. Oh, that makes yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and so I don't know, and it's just that's one of the things I really love about baseball because it's the human element, and you have to throw to that um strike zone. But like, if they keep doing this, like, it's there's going to be more and more call for action to have that those robot umps because apparently they're uh, they're spot on. Yeah. Well, how would they work exactly though? Like, would there be a robot behind home plate, or would it just like use cameras. the camera? Okay. It's cam- yeah. It's cameras. It's done with cameras and technology and stuff like that. No, that it's not sense. like fucking RoboCop. That Dude, yeah, that's what I was. I don't know why I was picturing like a, a big ass robot machine, like with a big lens, like right behind the catcher. Yeah. But that makes more sense. Like advanced AI, or, like yeah camera technology like, yeah just good really good cameras and stuff like that well it's not even been uh just the balls and strikes like just this past sunday in the phillies and braves game it, it went viral on social media there was a clip where it was tied six to six on the top of the ninth inning the phillies smacked it in the left field and then marcelo zuna made a hell of a throw like he got it there it's a home plate catcher grabs it swipes him and then he gets called safe but then when you watch the replay, the guy's foot literally never touched home plate. Like it went above it and like around it. So, and they lost the game on that. So that's yeah. another reason why people are kind of pissed at umpires right now. So I don't know. Like I said, like, come on guys. Like you paid this much money, you know, yeah. An average. I looked up for like the big three for MLB, NBA and NFL. 
and they all make around like they're high, the highest paid uh, make around 400 to 500 grand a year um and like the smallest paid yeah the, the lowest paid are around like 250 what a job that's a, dude that's a lot of money <laughs> yeah what a job a lot of money i just start so, reffing little league games man start working my way up the ladder yeah it's apparently it's a grind it's a climb that's what but, i've heard because i remember like whenever i was young i kind of had like a random like oh i want to be an nfl referee one day but then i realized like you had to start in like ymca and shit and then get into like a minor league and then like just step up or like high school and stuff like that yeah and nobody wants to ref those games yeah nobody does <sighs> Nobody yeah. wants to attend. It's kind of like uh, like when you attend uh, intramural games and the the ref is like a student. It's like you like have a class with that kid, bro. And he, makes a, he makes a BS call, and you're like, dude, come on, bro. I got a tech one time. Like I got a tech one time in an intramural game because I went up for it. And so, okay, what sport? Basketball. Okay. Um. So on my intramural basketball team, this isn't like so. Our team was made up of nine people and two of us have ever played basketball before and i was one of them so me and this other guy were kind of like leading it because we knew what to do and i drove into the hole and they were triple teaming me like literally triple teaming me and fucking three guys swat down on me and i get like slammed into the hardwood and he (laughs) he doesn't call a foul and like i get up and i'm like bro what the fuck was that like i'm screaming at him he's like tech and i'm like dude what are you talking about like it was just I couldn't believe it. I was just like, "You're seriously gonna yeah. give me a tech and intramural game?" Like, uh, whatever. But yeah, back to baseball. Well, I was gonna say like this is a problem in like all the major sports leagues right now. It feels like it like, is. Yeah, it's been it's it's NFL was okay last year. They weren't. They yeah, weren't there wasn't bad. anything there, debatable. There wasn't anything. There wasn't a lot of outrageous stuff as it was like two years ago. Yeah, with like uh, the Seahawks or not the Seahawks, the Rams and the Saints. That yeah, call. yeah. I mean, there's nothing, been nothing like that, but there still need to be better. Um, and then like NBA, like players and refs have hated each other for like four or five, like three or four years now. You know, like like actually hated like clashing and literally butting heads and like calling texts left and right, and it's Dude, it's ridiculous. And I don't understand so many texts this year. Yeah, I don't understand how leagues don't come in and fix this. Like that's one thing that they should be able to do is come in and say you need to fix your officiating, like more training or like replace the ones that are having issues and stuff like that. It's, like, I don't. It's it's one like of those things. Yeah, it's one of those things where if it's a problem, you you have to fix it. Like you can't go because the NBA has been there have been a lot of uh, people getting ejected for like literally the dumbest shit. Like they'll like walk up to each other and like bump chests or something. Yeah, then you're out of here. Yeah, it it doesn't make sense. I mean, I remember we talked about JJ Redick a while back, and yeah, there's still been a lot of BS, you know, texts that have been coming on through. Yeah, like what did JJ got thrown out for throwing the ball to the ref? Yeah, he tossed the ball to the ref and it hit his leg yeah dude that's ridiculous yeah which i think that's been the worst one this year but there's also been a lot more that i've seen where i'm like that's fucking soft serve yeah well like back to the the robots and the mlb i think like we like you said we have the technology available so it's kind of similar to var and soccer because soccer has never really used replay system they always go with the ref but the past couple years they've like implemented video assistant referee and it, people are mad about it. Some people aren't, 
But I think it's kind of the same thing with baseball. Like we have the technology. There are incorrect calls happening. Why would we not make it correct if we can, you know? Yeah. Yeah. My thing is like, I'm, I'm a baseball conservative. So like, I even think that there should be one league with the DH and one league without, um, you know, just all the, and the extra innings rule where you start with one runner on second base is, that's stupid. completely retarded. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm just a baseball conservative. So like, and I'm, I'm not completely sold on the robot. umps. So I think, I think a part of the game is calling your strike zone, but the, the umps have to get more consistent with their strike zone. And the more and more this happens, the, the more people are going to go with it. And ultimately they probably will. And there's, you know, nothing really I can do about it, but like, if it were up to me, I, I, I like that. the human element, but I think they should implement a system where they can even review balls and strikes if it's like super debatable or super super important. Yeah, you know? well they're they're not going to do that though cuz yeah. Rob Manfred's whole thing right now is speeding up the pace of the game. That's true because I mean some games take forever, bro. Yeah, I mean the Rangers first game lasted almost like 5 hours. <laughs> That's rough. Yeah. We scored yeah, 5 do... runs in the first inning and then lost yeah, I had to do a assignment for a, a class where I had to like play by play call an entire baseball game. Dude, it was it was rough. It was like three and a half hours just sitting there focusing the whole time. Like baseball's a long game, but I mean it's fun. You know, it's fun when you're at the game and everything. I, I saw a tweet that um said that baseball is where the original podcast baseball announcers are the original podcasters because all they do is just sit around for three hours and just bullshit. Dude, that's kind of true. I mean, if you think of, like Harry Carey and stuff, Harry oh yeah. Carey, he was not even really a play-by-play announcer. He would just sit there and be like, oh, well, the White Sox are doing good today. Um, I'm going out next weekend. Like, he would just be talking about random shit. Like, no, dude. They got, there's a lot of Bill Walton action in baseball. Bro. <laughs> dude, Bill Walton is a nut, but I love him. Yeah. Like so, that clip with the cupcake, he just ow, eats the whole well, thing. He's, he's just his, he's just one big acid trip. But um, Honestly. But no, there's a lot of that. Like, especially the Rangers guys, like, when you have a bad baseball team, you especially don't give a fuck. And it's so funny to see you, these Rangers announcers. Um, like one time, like during the first game, they uh, uh, Benintendi, Andrew Benintendi, threw for a ball and he missed it. And then we ended up scoring like three runs off that. And then one of the announcers like, I almost feel bad for him. The other guy immediately goes, I don't. <laughs> so funny. And yeah, then like, they like always no like rules really like oh right. they do whatever they want like one time so the third lady like the sideline reporter her name's emily jones and they were talking about something i can't remember and the announcer was like well emily when you're not doing anything which is probably going to be in about 15 seconds you should look that up <laughs> <laughs> All they, they give no shits it's so funny dude but i feel like, like that makes the broadcast better like Oh, it's very entertaining. It's a lot yeah. of off-the-cuff stuff. And I'm sure it's like that for a lot of teams. Like my buddy who's an Astros fan, he considers the two the two uh, Astros announcers like family. He said that if he saw him, he'd like come up to him and like want to have them over for dinner and stuff like that. Yeah, that's that, I mean, that's how it's supposed to be. Like that's like, I mean, I'm like literally in a play-by-play class right now. And our professor like always preaches that, like that kind of like, that you know, we're supposed to be a part of the family. Like during dinner, they turn the game on and hear our voice, yeah. like that kind of thing. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's back to the kind of tradition of baseball, like that kind of thing. It really, because yeah. before there was TVs, listening to a game on the radio was the thing to do. So yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. But I did see a take on Twitter that I wanted to talk about. 
It said that baseball players are the greatest athletes of all time. So I strongly disagree with this, and I kind of wanted to see your opinion. But first, I'm going to give my take. And if I had to say, it's really hard because I think it varies case by case. But like overall, greatest athletes on the planet, I'm taking soccer players every day of the week, twice on a Sunday. Why? Dude, they... First off, they they run, okay? Like, they run... They run, like, a couple miles a game, right? Like, close to 10 miles a game for some professionals. It's crazy. And, like, and also just the way that... Because baseball, like, one of the arguments was rotation. Like, how they can rotate and move their body is unique. But, like, soccer, they do that, too. Like, they do it in the air for headers. They, they do bicycle kicks. Like, all these kind of things. And it's also having foot-eye coordination is much more unnatural compared to hand-eye coordination. So I think when you just combine all the elements, I, I mean, it is a personal opinion, but like guys like Ronaldo and Messi, like Zlatan Ibrahimovic, they're just freaks in nature, like crazy athletes. But another one I would mention, an honorable mention, would be swimming because swimmers are the only athletes that use every single muscle in their body when they compete. So... That that'd be another aspect to consider. But what, what's your take on it? I'm curious. Um, I'd probably have to go with basketball, honestly, mainly for the fact that I think LeBron James is the greatest athlete this planet has ever seen. Okay, I can't history. disagree. I can't in disagree. The, with that. In the history of Earth, he just is. Um, and he plays basketball. But another thing too is like basketball players, they run, they jump, you know, they they uh. They a lot of they do a lot of crafty things when they're driving in the lane. They have to be crafty with a lot Quick of layups that they do. Quick feet. Um, they have to be physical. A lot of people don't realize how much of a physical game basketball is when you're down in the post. Even though it's gotten less physical in the you know the past ten years or so, it's still a really physical game. So like I I I'd probably have to go basketball just for those reasons. And plus those guys, you know, can jump fucking. <laughs> 18 feet in the air no problem i mean lebron is six foot nine and he can probably run a four four forty if you timed him out even at the age of 38 yeah well i mean there was talks about lebron going to the nfl at one point so that i mean he could have yeah he like he's the greatest, he's the greatest again, athlete of all time that's he's one of those cases like like i said it varies from case to case and again he's definitely freak of nature just absolute beast so i could see that argument but overall i don't i don't know that's Cause I mean, I played basketball growing up, so I feel, well, I don't know. Another thing too, is that a lot of, a lot of people in the media talk about if um, the real athletes always can hoop, like That's good, true. good football too, players yeah. always can hoop, you know, like OBJ can hoop, you know, Cole Beasley can hoop. Like, Dude, OBJ is just an athlete though. Cause he's like really good at soccer too. Like really good. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. but that's that's a lot of the things is like they say, you know, only athletes can play basketball. So that's that's another reason why I'd pick basketball. I have heard that too, like where like basketball players aren't able to necessarily go pick up football and soccer randomly, but like to play. Oh wait, no, I, I said that the other way around, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what I mean. Well, anybody can pick up a ball. Yeah, know? but like, yeah. but like to be good at basketball is hard. Like I'm terrible at basketball. <laughs> it is hard. I. And, I I've got, I haven't played in so long, dude. I bet if I went, I couldn't hit the side of a barn if I shot it. Ugh, but yeah, I mean, and I can see where the baseball argument comes from just because like, imagine whipping, you know, a ball this size, a hundred miles an hour. 
Um, I I get that. I think that's more mental though. I don't I don't think well, that's hitting the ball is more mental. Hitting the ball yeah. is more mental. Throwing it is 100% athleticism. But I mean, true. Look at Bartolo Colon when he was in his last days of pitching. He was just a fat, greasy old man in his 40s, and he was still you know throwing I mean, dimes like out there. CC Sabathia was pretty pretty chonky. Yeah. So I mean. I, I would have to go and I played baseball and I'd probably have to go. No, but baseball my, is definitely, if you just say baseball is the hardest sport, I could probably agree with you. See, that's, I was going to bring that up too. I was going to say, I don't think I could say like athleticism wise, because there's a lot of, like a lot of standing still in baseball, but uh, yeah. Outfield. Like, <laughs> yeah. Chilling I mean, around for unless most the, the ball game. comes towards you. Yeah. Well, and the pros not, but growing up, if you play outfield in T-ball, then you probably sucked. <laughs> I was just about to say you were probably a bench rider, or that's yeah. just the only place the coach could stick you. Yeah. Uh, but no, um, you're saying like how hard baseball is, right? I was trying to think. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. I, I kind of lost my train of thought there. Yeah. But like the difficulty wise, I agree because that is like truly like you mentioned hitting that tiny ass ball. That's fucking hard. Like you know, it's also impressive that a 0.3 batting average, like literally getting on base 30% of the time is elite. It's like phenomenal. Yeah. Like that's crazy. That's that, that just goes yeah. to show how hard it is. So yeah. Have you, have you ever had a throw a uh, curveball thrown at you? Did I stop playing baseball? Mm, probably when I got to like seventh grade, but I played it when I was like kid pitch and stuff, you know? Yeah. I remember the first time I got a curveball thrown at me. I fucking, I shit my pants. I literally, I looked at the dugout and I was like, what the fuck was that? And they're like, that's a curveball. And I was like, oh, and I was like, like oh, shit. Don't. And then I struck out because he threw two more. <laughs> it's like, sir, please stop throwing those. Yeah. Yeah. And then in high school, I got a lot better at him. But like the, the first time you see what I could imagine, I can only imagine seeing the spin that comes off of the MLB curveball. Just unnatural. That's like, yeah, cause growing up. I played like a little bit here and there of every sport, but like, that's probably one of the only like big things that I've never really had to experience. Like I've never dealt with like having to read like a fast pitch, you know, yeah. that, that's, that's something that really like impresses me when people can do. Well, it's crazy. It's, hard. it's crazy too, because these guys now like the throw fastballs, they, they, uh, they throw it so hard that the fastball elevates, you know? Yeah. So like, it's just, it's, it's nuts what these guys can do with, with that ball. <laughs> And they're only getting better and better every year, too. Yeah, well, the science behind it is just unreal. Yeah, science. I mean, science, we've seen it in every single sport, but baseball pitching is the number one benefactor for science in baseball. I mean, I could, I would believe that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're moving on now to some random NFL offseason moves that have happened in the past few days. Uh, we had our big spiel a few episodes ago because that's when all the shit went down. But a few names have moved around here and there. And, of course, Julian Edelman, the biggest of the names possibly, was released from the Patriots only to retire a few days later. And now there's sparked a debate with his retirement. Should Julian Edelman be in the Hall of Fame? Elijah, yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Tell me why. Um, I think his playoff stats, I think that is all of it. And, too, like – Here's what kind of got me is, do you think that the Patriots would have won all of the, those three Super Bowls if they didn't have him? Do you think there's a chance that they would have maybe not won one of those Super Bowls? Because a lot of those Super Bowls that he played in, Gronk wasn't there. Gronk was either hurt, or I think in the last one, he was Gronk was retired. 
So I think two out of those three, Jules was the number one target for Brady. Yeah, well, I mean, especially if you talk about that one where he made that insane catch against the Falcons. Yeah, and then that wasn't even the one that he won the Super Bowl MVP. He won the Super Bowl MVP against the Rams. I think that is the main argument for his Hall of Fame case. But, I mean, like, if we're talking, like, just regular season, like, he was good, but he was never, like, I don't know, he was never one of the top guys in the league. Like, ever, really. He's not a first ballot. Okay. Oh, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, he's not a first ballot by any means. But, like, 20 years down the road, if his name's still up there, like, yeah, vote him in. Like, you know, Super Bowl MVP, three-time Super Bowl winner. Um, I think he's second all-time for playoff uh, receiving yardage, which is I would believe that with as much as he he was there. Shit. So, like, I mean, I don't know. Well, That has to count for something. Yeah, I think so, too. It outweighs a lot of the regular season stuff because, like, if you look at his regular season stats compared to, like, an average Hall of Famer, so Edelman finished with 620 receptions, 6,800 yards, and 36 touchdowns. And if you go to an average Hall of Fame wide receiver, they have 757 receptions, 11,600 yards, which is almost double what Edelman had, and 90 touchdowns, which is over twice as many as he had yeah well taking into account that edelman was a slot guy and he that's, wasn't making the, thing. the big catches he he was a he was a, he was get me the first down on third and short you know yeah definitely he wasn't you know so i mean he played that role very well like, you know yeah good at it i mean he was a part of the slot revolution for sure i mean he followed right into wes walker's footsteps of you know bringing the slot position as a bona fide nfl position you know he's one of the guys to to head that and so I, I think that counts for something. I really do. I, so I, I think he's a Hall of Famer. I saw a take to where um, they compared Edelman and said, without Tom Brady, Julian Edelman is a Cole Beasley. And I was like, oh, interesting. Like, what do you think about that? I think that's more reason to even put him in the Hall because he was there for Brady as a number one guy for so long. That, yeah, that's true. Like, I mean, you like, could also say the same. He contributed like, to to Brady's uh, greatness. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, you could just like you could say if if there's no Brady, is there an Edelman? Well, if there's no Edelman, is there a Brady? Like, well, so, there's still be thing. a Brady, but not the same. Yeah, it, he would probably wouldn't have been. Maybe he wouldn't. He probably wouldn't have had as good of the seasons he had. You know, if Jules yeah. wasn't there, you know, Brady would he have won his fourth MVP? You know, like. Or whatever number that MVP was for him, I think it was his fourth, his last one. He has too many to count. I don't know. Yeah, but his last MVP, like, who says that he would have won that without Jules? So That's very true. I, yeah, I think you know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, but I'm all in on the on on Julian Edelman for the Hall of Fame. I am, I am too. I don't. I agree though. First ballot. I don't think so. No, not at all. Not. A but I could totally, as much as I want him to go to the Hall of Fame, I could totally see why he wouldn't if he ends up not getting in like i get it the regular season i think he should get in for this free exact reason why i think tony romo shouldn't and that's you know pretty much playoffs because they're both i mean he was a fine he was a very good regular season player but in the playoffs he showed out and he has the numbers to prove that and he came in clutch after clutch times when super bowls the reason why tony romo is a guy who has the regular season stats to be in the hall of fame yeah however he has as many playoff wins as Blake Bortles, which is two. <laughs> That's pretty funny. 
which like kills me. Jacksonville legend, bro. Yeah. So which kills me. Um. So that's the the same re- the same argument where I wouldn't put Tony Romo in is why I would put Jules in. I get that. I see where you're coming from. That's funny though, Tony Romo. Yeah, he he was a regular season stud, but then every time. Nothing really happened. He's, he's kind of like what I brought up at the beginning of the episode. Would you rather, you know, have your team be very good and choke at some point or win one championship and be forever? It's like, do you want 15 Tony Romo quarterbacks in your life? And you're like, that doesn't sound terrible. I enjoyed Tony Romo's It's fun to watch. It very much. He was electric. So, you know. But then you never really, nothing really comes of it. Yeah. Never really. Well, you know. He got hurt, that. though, to be fair. There were a couple times where he was hurt, but. Who knows? Yeah. Some missed catches, calls, and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. So other than Edelman, but, though, um, James Conner is another big name that's on the move. He moved from Pittsburgh and signed with the Arizona Cardinals. So that's I don't really know much about that. That was not expected, honestly. I didn't know James Conner was even on the um, radar. Chase Edmonds is back to being a fantasy headache. <laughs> um, <laughs> Everyone was finally like, yes, Chase Edmonds is free because, you know, he's always been a guy that's performed really well behind the guy for fantasy owners. And yeah. Then, oh, man, I can't wait for fantasy football again this year. See, I'm excited, bro. You you it. play, right? Of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, easily. I'm in like two dynasty leagues. So, yeah. One of my quarterbacks is Deshaun Watson. So, Ooh, that's, fuck. That's tough. Um, we should start a GTD league. Dude, hell yeah. I'd be down. Yeah, we should do that. Um, because I'm I'm in a league right now with a bunch of my buddies, and I think we'll, I think we're gonna turn into a dynasty this year. Dynasty's um, so fun. It's dynasty's fun. fun. I haven't done it yet. I've never I've never had a good enough solid group to have a dynasty, but I think I think we're gonna do it. I so. came. Um, it's actually kind of interesting. My dynasty league. Uh, my old select like AAU basketball coach is still like kind of a close like family friend type thing, and he um. Shit, I just completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, back to Chase Edmonds. Um, I think this sucks for him, but it's probably going to be probably be a two-headed backfield with him and James Conner and Edmonds. Dynasty football, that's what we were talking about. Okay, sorry, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what the hell just happened, but Dynasty Fantasy Football, he basically was like, you can play whenever you're 18. And once I turned 18, because it's a money league, he was like... He, I turned 18. He was like, hey, we had a guy just drop out. Do you want to take his team and join the league? And I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. And then his team is fucking terrible, bro. Like Jamal <laughs> Williams was his running back one. And I'm like, dude, this is not okay. So I've taken the team from like 0-13 to now this past season. I just went 7-6. and six. So oh, we're on the come up. Not bad. Not yeah. bad. I love fantasy football. It's so much fun, dude. It's, it's so much fun. It's it's honestly fantasy football is a gateway into gambling. It is, bro. That's how I, that's probably how I got started. Because I've Definitely always been started. addicted to fantasy football and stuff. Yeah. And then like, ah, fuck it. I just figured it out, bro. That's where my addiction. That's started. where it is. Fantasy football. That's where. Because I got that same feeling, um, when when my fantasy team was going on, like, because of course you'd always have money in on it. Like you'd have like I don't know, like a two hundred dollar pot for the winter or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like like not not too much. Nothing to crazy. Start. Yeah, like twenty bucks in or something. The, yeah, it's usually what we do, and like. I would religiously watch players on my fantasy team and root for them. And then I realized I have that same type of like um, 
elated feeling, that same type of uh, social high that I get from watching my fantasy team as like a high schooler than I get when my when I have a fifty bucks on like Louisiana Tech or something. So, yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's very same, the same. It's, yeah. it's the same energy. So, but anyway, <laughs> other news: um, Jadavion Clowney signs with the Browns. Uh, I mean, you just kind of have to wonder if he's even relevant anymore. That's what I was gonna say. Like, I don't even know I if he's, he's good anymore. He got he got ten mil, so like maybe he's just asking for too much, and he keeps on signing these one year deals. Well, because like the only time I think I could remember hearing his name in the media is whenever he's signing a new deal with a new team. Like, I don't yeah, I haven't really true. heard of him the last few years. So I, mean, I well, go ahead. I understand that he wasn't he was a productive player for the Titans last year. Like he wasn't bad. But like well, I think I think he wants like JJ Watt money or like Von Miller money in there. Keep on and people are like, I'm we're not paying you that. You're not worth that. Well, for the for the uh, Titans last year, he played in eight games and he had six quarterback hits and zero sacks. So, oh, so I, mean, I was completely wrong. <laughs> I mean, he his presence was felt. You know, like six quarterback hits. I mean, that's something. But I think it was because he was dealing with injury too, because he missed half the season. So that could be a big factor as well. But another thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the Aaron Donald bar fight. Or I guess not bar fight, really, but assault charge. <laughs> yeah, dude, I just heard about this. Yeah, like the dude, I don't, I think it was at a bar, actually. Um, I forgot now that I'm thinking about it. But I know that he gave the guy a broken arm, the dude he fought, 16 stitches and a concussion. Like, Whoa. So whoever this guy was, Aaron he's an Donald idiot. fucked him up. Yeah, he's, who would get in a fight with Aaron Donald? Would you rather get hit by Ray Lewis or Aaron Donald? Fucking, when I was thinking of that would you rather <laughs> question, I was back and forth between Ray Lewis and Aaron Donald. Those were like the two names that came to mind. Yeah. Oh, man. That's that's a good question, too. Shit. Well, after this, I don't know. Well, Ray Lewis did stab a guy. So I'd rather get in a bar, I'd rather get in a bar fight with Aaron Donald than I would with Ray Lewis. Ray, sure. Ray Lewis is going to pull out the crazy eyes, bro, and then fucking do yeah. some shit on you. He'll, he'll, he'll stab me and murder me and get his friend to go to jail for the rest of his life. <laughs> and then win another Super Bowl. And then be beloved by all NFL fans. Yeah, fans-ins. and then talk about Jesus every every time he shows up on ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> Very <laughs> fitting, bro. I feel, I feel like people don't remember that enough, that he That's... killed a guy and then proceeds to talk. Because <laughs> it wasn't even, like, debatable, you know what I mean? Like, there was oh, no, no he, like, oh, it's he, controversy. Like, he fucking, he fucking did He fucking he did, did it. it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a book. Like, it's not no O.J. Simpson trial and shit, like, where he was removed from the league and then all this drama happened. No, he just fucking killed a dude, and he, he, he did goes it. back and playing football. Yeah, he did it, and he got somebody else to take the fall. He was like, nah, you did it. I was the fuck that. Nah, not me, bro, nah. <laughs> and then, oh, my God. It's so funny that he's a, that he was a media personality. He doesn't work for ESPN anymore. Who does he work for now? Like, NFL Network or Fox? I think so, yeah, NFL Network. I, I'm not yeah. sure 100%, but I've seen him behind the analyst desk lately. Because he like, was... Cause I remember him being on uh, NFL Sunday Countdown for forever, for a while there. But I was like, how I don't understand. Cause it's like, if there was anything else, like imagine they let Ray Rice on the NFL Network. That's not uh, gonna happen. Absolutely ever. not. Absolutely, absolutely not. not. Like I don't know. It's just <laughs> there's so much to it. Yeah, like you said, I don't think fans remember that. Yeah. So I don't know. Ray Lewis just gets a pass because he's a fucking beast he's an icon i don't know but um dude but speaking about fights and bar fights oh um, yeah 
Jake Paul this weekend. Yeah, this weekend. Big fight. Or I don't know if you could say big fight because it's not like a real fight, but big boxing spectacle this weekend. Jake Paul is fighting Ben Askren. I'm fucking hyped. This is the best thing to ever happen. I just want to see Jake Paul bloodied on the floor. I don't care what it takes. I would love Ben Askren to just beat his ass. Um, so you're gonna hate me for this take. No, but no, I kind of like Jake Paul. Ah, <sighs> tell me why. Because for one, I don't hate Jake Paul as a person as much as everyone else does. Because you're wrong. You should. I know I should, but here's the thing is that he knows he's the villain and he plays that role because he can. And I think it's hyped up too. I respect when people know how to make money and he knows how to make money by being the villain. And it's a, it's a marketing play. Yeah. And I, I can't re- argue I, that he knows I how respect, to make money. I respect the shit out of that. Although I didn't like when he talked about Conor McGregor's wife, that was fucked up. That was a little bit too far. Dude, He's but gone too far a couple times now, all the time, but he's talked about Ben's wife, like in Ben's but, personal life. Like he's getting in there. Like, but he keeps making money. <laughs> And we're Dude. the the funniest thing too is it's like it's society that's giving them this money. It, I mean, it is because I mean, like, look at me, like a schmuck like me, bro. I can't fucking wait to to see that. Like, take my money, dude. I want to watch that. Yeah, the only reason why I'm not gonna watch this is because I'm gonna be out of town, and I'm gonna try to watch it when I'm out of town. Yeah, I'm not gonna be able to watch it live probably, but whatever happens, I'm gonna figure out a way to to watch the full fight because I gotta see that. And then Joey Rogan. He was talking about after um uh what's the Nate Robinson fight, he said that Jake Paul isn't a bad boxer. No, he's not. Like he's really not like, he like, terrible. Actually, yeah. So yeah, he I've actually heard that he's better than Logan Paul when it comes to actual boxing. Because Logan Paul's just big as shit. But Jake apparently has strategy, like technique and stuff. Well uh I think Joe Rogan said something along the lines of like if this guy would actually fight the people that he's supposed to fight. Like uh, and climb the ranks of proper boxing, he could be something, but he won't because he won't make as much money, and he makes money doing the celebrity stuff. Well, I mean, but he has he has that's a, what I would do. Real bona fide talent. Yeah, saying, I, I've is, heard that too. But my thing is, well, I mean, apparently everybody else thinks so too because he's listed as a minus one ninety betting favorite. Like, is he really? A, yeah. He's a pretty solid favorite. Yeah, you wanted to bet on him as an underdog, didn't you? Kinda, Fuck yeah, you. I did. I did. I'm betting Ben Askren is the underdog, though. I don't care. It's, it's going to hit, dude. How ben, many units? Ah, shit. Probably only like one unit, honestly. Yeah. Small play. But because, I mean, I really don't know. Like, you know, my, my big reason is because Jake Paul has been sure he's been training. Sure, he's been fighting Nate Robinson and fucking Deji from YouTube. But... Those aren't real fighters. He hasn't really been like Ben Askren has dedicated his life to this ever since he was in college. Like he was a, a a wrestling champion and went into the MMA, had an undefeated record until a freak flying knee in five seconds against Jorge Masvidal. So it's like he has the experience, but my only thing against him is he is the farthest thing from a striker. Like he is not a boxer. He was a grappler, hundred percent a wrestler. Um, do you know where he went to college for wrestling? I don't. I can I can check. Okay. Cause if he's a part of, I wonder if he's a part of that legendary Iowa wrestling program that I feel like I hear about every time I listen to Joe Rogan talk about fighters. He went um, to uh University of Missouri. 
Okay, that's another one that's talked about some. I think it's like, I don't don't even know. I'm not going to even pretend to know. I just know that Iowa's like the best, and I feel like I've heard Missouri wrestling a couple times. Yeah, but he was Um, the champion of both Bellator and the one fighting league. So it's like, he was never a UFC champion, but he was ranked. So it's like, I mean, he has experience. You know, I feel like he's a goofy guy. He doesn't really have a ripped build. Like, he's not shredded. He's not scary looking. But I think he has the technique to get it done. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, he grew up fighting. So, I mean, there's, you know, he knows how to throw a punch at least. I mean, if you're in the UFC, you know somewhat how to how to strike. Although he is a, a wrestler. But, like, we'll see, I guess. Have, have I mean, you seen any of the, uh, like, the pre-fight pressers or anything like that? I saw, like, one clip. And they were like, there's some, there's some fuckery going on. There's been a lot of fuckery, bro. Jake Paul will just randomly, like, Jake Paul curses as if he just found out what curse words are and they make <laughs> him, like, the coolest person ever. He's, uh, like, yeah. he's like, you fucking big bitch. You, you ready for next weekend? I'm literally going to shit the fuck. Like, it's just the dumbest thing that, like, doesn't even make sense. Like, he's just trying too hard to trash talk, but... There was one clip where he said something and the press conference was over and they were doing like their stand up with each other face to face and Jake Paul's talking shit. And then Ben Askren literally doesn't say anything. He just puts his hand in his face, like on his face, and like pushes him away as he walks oh, away. Yeah. Wasn't and there a Jake, body shot? Yeah. Jake Paul like runs behind him and punches him in the stomach. And it's so funny because Ben Askren like does not flinch or move like at all from the punch. That's the one that I saw. Yeah, it was was pretty funny. But and then Ben was like, "Oh, you need to start hitting harder if you want to box me." So it just sparked more drama. But I'm fucking hyped for this weekend. I'm excited. Yeah. So I think part of the reason why they're giving the edge over to uh, Jake Paul right now is because he's been training as a boxer for like what three, four years now. Yeah. And Ben Askren is was on the couch before he did this. Yeah. He he said, and he went on the Logan Paul podcast and he said that, uh, like he kind of saw this, like he was retired from fighting for good. And the only way he was going to come back is one, he made a shit ton of money, which he's doing. So that's why he took this fight or two, he has a reason to train. So he said he may end up doing like some charity fights or something like that, like to raise money and donate, uh, just so he has like a reason to stay in shape and keep fighting and training. So that makes sense. I get that. I'm sure no, if there's yeah. no fight coming up, it's hard to like find the will to go every fucking day and do that shit. Oh man, it's it's got to be gruesome to, especially with sparring like that. Like that takes a toll on your body. Yeah, for sure. Just to go and do that like every week, bro. Yeah, well, that's not the only fights this weekend. Uh, there's also not a main event, not a big time UFC event, but another UFC Apex fight is this weekend. I will say the undercard is a little weak. But the main event is going to be a fucking thriller, dude. I'm Robert Whitaker and Kelvin Gastelum. Fantastic matchup. Whitaker is one of the most underrated fighters in the UFC. He's really athletic, really versatile. And he's, what is he? He's won 11 of his last 12 fights. So I I don't think Gastelum's going to do it. But Gastelum's a good fighter too, so he could have a chance on him. But I'm excited to see this one too. Yeah, I need a. I need a. If there's something that people should do, it's watch more UFC. You know, it's, I agree. It's to watch more. It's to watch more of these just regular Saturday night fights, so they become. So when they watch, you know, the big events, they recognize the guys and they recognize how big of a deal that stage is. 
So, yeah, exactly. Like it this year has been weird in UFC though. Like just this first quarter of the year, like if you think about it, never would have thought Connor would get knocked out like that. Never would have thought Stipe Miocic, the greatest heavyweight of all time, would just get embarrassed. Never thought Adesanya would would like l- lose a unanimous decision. Like it's just been a lot of weird happenings in the UFC this year, but I, I'm liking it. Um, but Whitaker though against Gaslam, Whitaker like he's a proven fighter too. He beat Yal Marrero. Oh God, I can't say his name. Yal Romero twice in a row, and his only loss in the last twelve fights was Israel Adesanya, the champion. And in that fight, Whitaker gave Adesanya the hardest time of anybody. Like any of Adesanya's wins, like against Whitaker was the closest to coming to a loss because I forgot what round it was, but Whitaker shook him with his one really hard punch, probably the hardest hit Adesanya's taken in his career. Hmm. But I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah. And then next weekend, there's there's uh, is it USC 261? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Usman versus Mavzadal 2, which like... Hell yeah. Um, I hate to say this, but like this is going to be a sleeper. Usman's going to mop the floor with Masvidal. I again. agree. I think so too. I I think so. I think that was the uh that was the most boring fight I ever watched with with Usman Masvidal one. It literally I literally fell asleep mid fight. Well cuz like half the fight was just Usman was like on the like, ground just dominating like, like this and then stop. Oh stomp. yeah. Like yeah, he was just <laughs> holding him in a clinch, stomping on his feet, bro. Yeah, just the foot, the constant foot stomps. I remember that, and he just, and not only that too, he just completely dominated that fight. Moswell didn't have a chance. Like when I saw it there fighting a second time, I was like, "Why?" Like the, <sighs> there was nothing like that proved otherwise for that fight. I, I can tell you why: media hype and money. This is going to be big pay-per-view money for the UFC and it's just because Masvidal talks a lot of shit in the media like Masvidal talks a lot of shit so yeah I mean like Masvidal is a good fighter to watch but like he's just gonna be overmatched by Usman again like like next honestly but what I am excited for is Thug Rose baby dude Rose Rose. dude this do you know about Weile Zhang I think I've seen her fight once dude she is insane there's a clip I'm, oh, dude. I actually, I gotta show you, bro. Yeah, pull it up on the, pull it up on the, on the shared screen. Um, cause she's Chinese, right? Yeah, she, she is Chinese, and she's like I, one of the most dominant Chinese fighters. I think I saw her last fight. Who she beat the shit out of last time she fought? That's what I'm about to show you. Yeah, cause I think I think I watched that one. I can't remember. They kind of all blend together. All right. Do you see this? Yes, that was yes, dude. She f- murdered her. Yeah, literally, like took her apart. I like just look at her forehead, bro. Yeah, it's deformed. I mean, if you look to um, what is it? Where's like the before and after? Here's the before and after too. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. bad. And then and then she's just chilling after the fight, like nothing happened to her. Yeah, it was it was bad. Maybe, but... I, didn't, maybe I didn't watch that, but I have I have seen her fight before, and she's electric. But Thug Rose, though. Dude, Thug Rose is fun to watch. That's why I'm saying this could love be Thug like Rose. this could be a better fight than Usman and Mas. Well, it actually could be. It will be a better fight than Usman and Masvidal. I'm excited for this. I'm a, and then I love her. Doesn't she walk out to a Rose in Harlem? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's sick. That song, that song's fucking electric. Yeah, it's it's hype. 
especially walking up like in the dark with the lights on and shit. It's yeah. Like... Um, you know who sings that song? You know that's the chick from the fame Kanye West music video. Oh, I did not know that. Um, kind of cool. Or like, uh, and she was also married to was it Shumpert? Played for the Cavs. I'm not sure, honestly. He, he, he Shumpert played, for, played the, for the Cavs. Yeah, Amon Shumpert. Yeah. She's married to Amon Shumpert. She sings that song, Rose in Harlem. I didn't know so, that. Fun yeah, fact. Electric. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and then last fight there, Shevchenko's fighting, which is nice. I don't know who she's fighting yet written down here, but. Jessica I, Andrade. She's pretty good. Okay. Well, I like Shevchenko. She's what? Um, Hungarian or. She's Eastern European or something like I that. I think but. Ukraine. No, Polish. Polish. Oh, you're right. Yeah, Polish. She's definitely Polish. She was the number one fighter at the time, but she she lost to Nunez, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah Nunez just, bar- just buried her like she's burying everyone else right now. Oh, Shevchenko's from Kyrgyzstan, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, Kyrgyzstan. Oh. Wow, really small. Oh. Huh, interesting. Okay. Um, somewhere I knew she anyway. was somewhere over there. <laughs> Hopefully... I don't know. All that I'm seeing from these women, this the women's card right now is I hope Thug Rose beats the shit out of Zang, and then we see a Thug Rose Nunes fight. That would be that'd be a lot of fun. And then a Thug Rose upset, which is not gonna happen. But I don't, I don't think know. it's gonna happen. I just either, love. Thug. I don't know why I like her so. I think it's just because her name is Thug Rose. <laughs> I will. I mean, plus she's a fun fighter to watch too. She just yeah. looks like a badass too, with like the buzz oh cut. yeah, the buzz cut. Yeah, I got matching hair with her now. You know. I know. Yeah, you know, it was basically <laughs> twins. Yeah um all right yeah that's that's gonna be it for that ufc card i'm excited though more excited for that than i am ufc apex this weekend but above all else jake paul and ben Askren, definitely hype for that yeah that'll be the main event all right now to finish off today's episode we are gonna go ahead and go into our love it or loathe it segment if you remember this from last episode i'm gonna fire off a few rapid fire topics to elijah and if he loves it he's gonna break it down, talk about it a little bit. And if he loathes it, we're just going to move right on to the next one. Halfway in between, we're going to switch it around and I'll be giving my answers. So yeah, that is how that's going to work. All right, Elijah, let's go ahead and get right into it. All right, 18-year-old Anthony Newer bowled a 7-10 split in the U.S. Open semifinal matchup. First I... One... Wait, go uh, ahead, sorry. Go ahead, I was about to say, first one in the PBA era. Okay, dude, I, I love it. I, I knew what you're talking about because I saw the clip on Twitter... It was this big ginger dude. He was just, I don't know what, I don't know the exact situation, but he was so focused. He was ready. And then, oh, I guess I know the situation. It was a 7-10 split. He was going for the spare. And if you don't know bowling, 7-10 split is considered like the hardest thing to hit in all bowling. It's like the back left pin and the back right pin. And he literally somehow just kissed it perfectly to where it bounced over and knocked the other one. And it was the first time that this has happened on TV in 30 years. And all I got to say is bowling is electric, bro. It's, it's fun. Every time I think of bowling, I think of that clip. Who do you think you are? I am. Yeah. 100%. That's iconic. Yeah. I don't, know. I, don't th- I don't think it's that impressive. If I uh, do that all the time and we bowling. Um, oh yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> Sergio Ramos test positive for COVID putting, putting UCL match schedule in question. Uh, I love it. I don't. I don't want to think about Champions League matches getting postponed. Um, defending champions FC Bayern knocked out of quarterfinals by PSG. Damn, they're on a roll. Yeah, I love it, bro. I love it. I'm not so much because I dislike Bayern, 
but I love that PSG upset them. I mean, everybody expected Bayern. They've been dominant, like unworldly dominant in global football lately. And it's just nice to see the favorite go down. So I'm excited for PSG. I think Mbappe, out of any player in the world, deserves to lift a Champions League trophy. So I would really like to see Mbappe get to the final. And it was nice, too, because Neymar made his return in the second leg of the game. So, yeah, it was fun to watch. I love that one. All right. Shannon Sharp and Kevin Durant, Twitter beef. I also love this one, too, bro. Did you see what happened with this? Shannon and KD. So Shannon was on Undisputed with uh, Skip Bayless, of course, iconic show. And he says, like, a quote from KD talking about, will people consider LeBron the greatest of all time? I beat LeBron twice in a row. What does that make me? And then KD goes on Twitter and is like, Shannon, I never fucking said this. What the hell are you talking about? Why are you making shit up on live TV for clout? And then Shannon, like, responds, like, talking about, I'm not making anything up. Like, he sent him a screenshot where he, like, said it. And then KD was like, bro, that's a fake quote. Do your research, Shannon. Like, that, I never said that to that person. Like, that's not even a real account. And, like, he was going off. And then Shannon blocked him on Twitter. Katie was like screenshotted it, posted it, and said, and I'm soft. <laughs> it was just funny, bro. It was back and forth. So Katie's always entertaining on social media. Yeah, he's been on a roll. Um, Giovanni Bernard signs with the Pats. I loathe it. I'm sad. Bingles legend. Um, UFC legend Demetrius Thomas Johnson gets finished for the first time in his fighting career in a one fight. I actually love this, surprisingly, because I love Demetrius Johnson as a fighter. His UFC career was amazing. One of the greatest pound-for-pound fighters all time. But this shows that he's beatable. He's human. It, like It's never really happened. He's never been finished before. So to see it happen was kind of cool. But at the same time, it was interesting because the knee that he got knocked out would have been illegal in the UFC. But because he's fighting in the one cha- like the one fighting league, uh, it was legal. So that was kind of crazy. But yeah. Okay. That's all I got for my love it or loathe it. Let's move on, Elijah. Are you ready for these rapid fire topics? Mm-hmm. All right. First things first. College football preseason rankings were released, and Alabama is projected to win the title yet again. I love it. Alabama is always going to be number one. No shit. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. All right. Fair enough. Alex Rodriguez purchases the Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay. I love this. Um, I think this is kind of funny because didn't he try to buy, he tried to buy the Mets. And so Mm -hmm. of course, so the next best thing is of course, uh, let's go to Minnesota to buy a team. (laughs) Hopefully too. um, They turn around Minnesota. I'm in the ownership group. bring competence because that franchise, like you talk about, you know, deplorable franchises like they have never ever been good they were it's good. in the gutter it's been yeah. in the gutter for so long since they've been you know born basically they had a couple good years with like kate with a uh, kg that's and it though. like and then they had one good year when they brought in jimmy butler and that was it and there's they've been so bad since then so hopefully they've been good also too i think it was hilarious that anthony edwards the number one overall pick from last year didn't even know who alex rodriguez was wait really you didn't see that? He was like, no, like, because the media asked him, he was like, how do you feel about, you know, former, you know, MLB great Alex Rodriguez purchasing the team? And he goes, uh, I don't know who that is. <laughs> so, Dude, how do you not know who A Rod is? Like, that's just, <laughs> I don't know. Just didn't watch baseball. Universally known, though. Just didn't watch baseball, I guess. Yeah, I like it too, though. All right. Anyway, next, next topic Joe Musgrove throws 
the Padres' first no-hitter in history versus the Texas Rangers. Um, I love it, but I loathe it so much. Um, <laughs> I'm, a Tex- I'm a Rangers fan. I love the Rangers very much, more than I should. I don't know why, just because, you know, my grandpa grew up watching Rangers games every day, and so it kind of passed on to me. It's it's a thing. It's a family thing. I don't know. Can't explain it. But we are so fucking bad, and it makes me so mad all the time because we have this new beautiful stadium, and we're just we're not good. And <laughs> this is the first this is the first no hit no hitter or perfect game thrown since Roger Clemens' perfect game in 1994 with the Texas Rangers. So that was sad. Um, I don't know, man. It's just, it sucks. It sucks. It's cool for the Padres though. Yeah. I mean, good for them is their first no hitter in franchise history. I respect that. But like, another thing why I hate it so much that the Padres did it to us is because the Padres fucking have us by the goddamn balls. Like if you don't remember last year was the whole reason when slam Diego started because Fernando Tatis hit that, um, um, Grand Slam off of us with a three zero count, and then uh, yeah, and then Chris Woodward, our manager, said, "Hey, you probably shouldn't do that. That's not respectful to baseball." And he said, "Fuck you," and he did it the exact same next game, <laughs> and then they swept us on like a four or five. I think it was like a six game series because it was a home and home, and um, and then they swept us again. So the Padres have us by the balls. I hate it so much. Next topic. Next topic. All right. Abilene Christian basketball players are refusing to practice until the university offers their assistant coach the head coaching job. Loathe it. All right. All right, next one. Justin Fields' draft stock is plummeting after concerns around his work ethic. Um, I love this. Uh, I think that that's super dumb because, one, that's just like the normal excuse that people say to um, – discredit black quarterbacks a lot of the time so it is very much like yeah yeah. and so like you know we see it a lot uh black quarterbacks get stereotyped all the time it's been better in the past five years i'd say than you know the past 10 like yeah if you go back 10 years instead of five like it's it's definitely a lot better with stereotyping but this is just kind of one of those things so like i think that's kind of dumb maybe it's true i mean it was true with dwayne haskins so maybe that's like I, i don't know well, that was yeah. a bad example, but like the last Ohio State quarterback, you know. Yeah, I that, see what you mean. One of the things they said about and there's definitely like the rhetoric used in the media is completely different. Like black quarterbacks are typically described as athletic and like stuff like that, whereas white quarterbacks are described as intelligent and like quick on their like quick thinking yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, and like one of the situations recently was Lamar Jackson, you know, with the white sleeve. Like how that announcer said, oh, well, he can carry the ball better because the, the ball blends in with his skin. And then he responded by wearing an all-white sleeve the next game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, classic. That's so dumb. <laughs> Why would you ever say that? That I don't – whoever, uh, like, I don't know. If you're a professional, like, what do you think that's – where do you think that's going to get you? I don't I don't know. I don't know. When you when you get paid to talk for a living, you're bound to say some dumb shit. It happens. But like, Shit. I hope I never say some dumb shit. I think we already have multiple times <laughs> probably in honestly this, in this episode alone hey we're not we're not big enough yet you can't cancel us you can't cancel us yet too small to be canceled <laughs> 
All right, well, that is going to do it for our episode this week. We hope you stayed through the entire thing. We appreciate it if you do. I had a lot of fun this episode. These were some fun topics to go through. Next week, we'll be back again, same time, same place. We're probably talking about UFC and other things like that. But yeah, until then. Right. Awesome. See you all next week.